website here, hungtgirl.com. You can click on the pictures there and the videos will automatically start playing for you. If they don't, then make sure you enable the Adobe plugins. It's free to do that. Just allow them and the, as you see, the videos will start playing for you just like that. And of course, if you look along the left, that's the adult videos. Um, and you know, you can only check them out if you're an adult. Um, and you can see me and my friends, see what that side of me is about, the physical, sexual side. Um, get your fill of it. Enjoy. I appreciate you checking it out. You can also check out this side, what we do here on The Naked Truth, and by checking out The Naked Truth pages there on the website, and also by checking out the Living Water Chapel pages. And um, you'll see we explore here the physical side, I'm sorry, the uh, spiritual side that also exists in all of us, I believe. And for me, that boils down to Christianity and not the Bible thumping, hypocritical nonsense, but actually giving Christ the last word on any particular subject, particularly since it's named for him. Why would you do anything else? Um, so that's what we do here on The Naked Truth. So check out the physical, sexual side of me, all the nudity you like. Get your fill. I appreciate it. Get a subscription. Uh, make a donation. Just enjoy the free content. All of the above are very much appreciated. I thank you for that. Um, or, and, and, doesn't have to be, uh, they're not mutually exclusive. You can do both. You can uh, check out The Naked Truth pages um, here and follow me here what we're going to do now which is um focus on the red letters of christianity since most churches don't frankly i don't know if you noticed but they're supposed to be teaching what jesus said but they almost never say what jesus said um so anyway that's what we do here we're going to pick up where we left off we just started the book uh, it's wednesday so we're working on the books of john and luke um to pick up where we left off last in the book of luke uh, chapter 2, this is the passage that stood out to me the most and partly because it's um, the first thing that we have of Jesus' teachings in the book of Luke. Uh, you know, it's the only only passage uh, so far. And also because, uh, look what he says. And he said to them, this is after Jesus' family has gone up to Jerusalem on the sort of yearly um, annual um pilgrimage to the temple to pay their um make their sacrifices and pay their homage to god basically and so this is one of the times and jesus has gone went missing when um they were on their way back with the caravan uh, so then they turned back to jerusalem to, to find him and it turned out he was in the temple um discussing and basically debating going back and forth with the religious leaders and um, this is what his parent, his parents were worried when they found him and they wondered why he did that to them. And this is his response to them. He said, and he said to them, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Um, but they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. So the thing is, he's just a little kid when he says this to them. But notice what he actually says. First, he asked them a question. Why did you seek me? That's the question that we as Christians, if you're a believer or follower, should always ask yourself, why are you seeking Jesus? What is it you're actually looking for in him? And then, um, so is it you're expecting him to save you when you, if you decide to do something crazy, like jump off of a building or massacre a bunch of people and say you did it in the name of Jesus, you expect him to hold you up and save you? You can expect that, 
or are you expecting them to bring him to do what he said he was here to do which is bring us what god's will is and salvation for us if you're willing to accept it but then he also says did you not know that i must be about my father's business so the he asked them a second question instead of answering their question at all wondering why he um did that to them he replies with answering asking them two questions and that's something jesus often does and i think that's if you're gonna try to follow make sense of what people call religion that's something you might want to consider when people come at you with a question about your faith um, if it's not something Jesus said, good luck trying to defend it because most likely if it's in anywhere else in the Bible, it's going to be contradicted somewhere else because even Jesus's words are contradicted uh, in the Bible. That's what I'm saying. You, if you're, you have to choose, if you're going to call yourself a Christian, it has to be Christ who you're following. Otherwise, you're going to fall into confusion, contradiction, and craziness. So anyway, that's where we left off on Luke chapter 2. We're going to pick up in Luke chapter 3 now see and we'll probably get through this one pretty quickly also because this is really just jesus getting started on his ministry um so um there's not going to be a whole lot of red letters so here we go now in the 15th year of the reign of tiberius caesar pontius pilate uh governor being governor of judea herod being tetrarch of galilee his brother philip tetrarch of iteria and the region of trachonitis and licinius tetrarch of abilene so before we go on a couple of things you might want to notice how some of these names have lived on even now abilene is the same name of a city in texas now which is nowhere near where all of this stuff happened Judea, Judea, that area still lives on now, no matter who's controlling the territory, what you're calling it. And then also one last thing, Tiberius Caesar happens to be the same first and middle name of, believe it or not, uh, Captain Kirk, the original one from the original Star Trek, just as a side note. Interesting guy with an interesting name. Um, so let's see. Um, and while Annas and Caiaphas were high priests, the word of God came to John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. And he went into all the region around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins, as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, saying. So before we read on here, there's a couple of things you may want to notice. Um, the first things, the names of the high priests, um, Annas and Caiaphas, one's father-in-law to the other. And that's why I named this one this message as was supposed, because there's a whole teaching that's being used being used to mislead people, and we're gonna make some just read it for yourself. And then he says, as in as it is written in the books of the words of Isaiah, the prophet saying, so they're reflecting back now. They're about to give us a passage reflecting back on a prophecy written in the Old Testament. Oh, um, I feel like there's something else I missed, but maybe it'll come back to me. Um, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. I remember what it was. The thing I was going to remember was, and just in case you don't remember, or in case you haven't, you can check out the collections area here on Twitch. And it's like an ar archive, a library of past readings that I've done here, that we've done, gone over here from different sources. And one of the ones we were reading about now on Saturday nights. Sunday mornings um, is the Gospel of Nicodemus. It's a book that didn't make it into the Bible, but it's the same Nicodemus from the trial and crucifixion of Jesus, the times of Jesus. And uh, it talks about this same John the Baptist, but in a whole different context that didn't make it into the Bible of what John the Baptist 
how John the Baptist carried the same message into the afterlife. And again, this whole naked truth here is for believers. So I know it sounds crazy. Some some of it sounds crazy, hard to believe. But much of it is articles of faith. Either you're a believer or you're not. And some of it, even I may have time a hard time believing. But just so you know, that that's the same message that John the Baptist gives in the place that's called Hades, that Jesus also referred to as Hades, not hell and not heaven, but Hades. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. And notice it says paths, so let's just notice more than one path, like we talked about before, that we get to choose. Uh, that's where the free will part comes in. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill brought low. So this is a passage from the Old Testament. I'm trying to think of which one it is. The crooked places shall be made straight and rough ways made smooth and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Uh, okay, so just so we can see. Um, in case you ever do wonder where... Um, where uh, something is in the Bible, this site, God bless them, um, Bible.com will let you do, uh, well, even if you don't want to, you can do it here also. The Everyone knows this site. And it, Luke is where it comes from. It's usually also available. Oh, that's right. We already read it. It's in Isaiah. Sorry. Um, so, yeah, that's where you want to find it. If you want to look up what, um, if you want to find some place in the Bible where something's mentioned, you have the search bar here where you can type it in and it'll search and find it in the Bible. But I remember it just now. It's Isaiah. And that's where everything back on and saying that that's going to be the mission of, um, of, um, of John the Baptist to prepare the way of the Lord, basically his opening act to let people know he's he's here, um, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Meaning that the people there, and they're not just the people who live there. Many people will come from all around to see Jesus, the salvation that uh, we believers believe he was uh, sent to bring. Then he said to the multitudes, they came out to be baptized by a brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come. Therefore bear this... Okay, so, hold on. Excuse me. So, the first thing to not read over is it starts out with name-calling. I know it sounds crude and unfriendly, but look, it's what John the Baptist is doing. And he's, um, but he's specifically doing it um as a metaphor letting them know they're like a bunch of snakes who warned you to flee from the wrath to come meaning they're slippery slimy and generally dangerous and toxic bad religion he's saying who warned them to flee from the wrath to come saying well why are you coming to me looking for um help and salvation he his message is that he's pointing them to where salvation is so he's asking them as a bunch of snakes why are y'all coming to me Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance, meaning practice what you preach. Do things that are actually holy. Don't just tell people what holy is. And do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. He's saying don't lean on your genealogy thinking that just because you're from this family, that family, you're, you've uh, or whatever, that that's going to be enough to get you in. It's not. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham 
meaning yeah thinking oh well abraham's our father that's who the genealogy we come from so we're free to do whatever we want to do we're in he's saying god's able to give abraham children from stones meaning god if you wanted to could raise up people from stones from these stones and even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees therefore every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire so another message there and this isn't even red letters this is just the preaching of john the baptist and it makes sense but it makes sense if you really believe god is almighty and god is all powerful which i believe god is i just don't believe we god exists in the way that we believe god is but i do believe god has that power so why would God need you to go out and take up a gun or take up a sword or take up a war or take up a cause for for God when God's able to create everything out of nothing? If you're really a believer, then you've got to believe God is able to do that, especially if you're going to believe the Bible and the Old Testament, how God was able to zap people when he felt like it or cause lightning to come down and or open the earth open and swallow people up. So a God that powerful, why would that same God need you? to go out and end the life that God that same God took time to create that doesn't make sense so you can't be pro-life and also pro-death penalty if you believe all lives matter then don't be a hypocrite be real and say only some lives matter and then once you realize that some lives matter in your mind then realize at some point your life doesn't matter as much as someone else's if you use that logic which I don't recommend and even now the axe is laid to the root of the tree so he's letting them know just like Jesus is going to say for three years, he's come seeking fruit on that tree and it's born none. Cut it down. He's saying this is their time. This is their moment when the prophecies they were supposed to be looking forward to, things they were teaching, preaching to other people were coming to pass. They were supposed to be looking for a Messiah, a Christ. And he's saying he's on the way. He's announcing his coming. That's what John the Baptist is doing. And yet they're not even seeing it. And he's saying, because they're not seeing it, because the tree's not bearing any fruit, it's going to be cut down and thrown into the fire. So the people asked him, saying, what shall we do then? So this is the common people, the regular people, not the religious people with power, and certainly not, well, we'll see. It's the people. Let's see who the people are. And they're asking, what shall we do then? Basically wondering, well, if this is what you're preaching, and this is what you're saying we should be doing, what should we do? And he answered and said to them, He who has two tunics, let him who had, let him give to him who has none. And he who has food, let him do likewise. So that's like a very basic and common sense thing, but it's something people don't do. Especially if you consider in a very real sense the uh, disparity, the wealth gap disparity in the United States. I don't know, you can't even call it wealth when you give one person all the rules and all the privileges and all the laws set up to help them succeed and all they have to be do is ha be born with enough of this color skin and then everyone else who has this color skin you have all the rules and laws set up to stop them or keep them back and make sure they don't ever get to that level so it's the exact same thing and what john the baptist is saying well if you have two things two tunics meaning if you have two coats two uh articles to, you have more than what you need is the point then give to the one who doesn't have any it doesn't make sense why would you need two coats and you can't even wear them 
And he who has food, let him do likewise. So if you have a banquet, a feast in front of you, and you see someone who has nothing, does it make sense for you to eat your one plate and let the rest be wasted just because you can? When there is a world of people out there who can't even get that plate, it makes no sense. Um, is what John the Baptist is saying. And it just makes sense in a practical sense if you're actually going to call yourself seeking God and approaching God and what God would actually have you doing. Then the tax collectors also came to be baptized and said to him, Teacher, what shall we do? So now you have your government officials, tax collectors specifically in the United States, it's called the IRS. Um, so, but it's the people who basically are, um, their job is to work for the government and shake you down, uh, legally, um, and get you to pay them. And it's, but it's also in an ideal world being put toward the greater good of the entire government. And that that's what it's for. Um, and that's who's coming to them there, the tax collectors. So, and also that helps you realize they're not generally liked. Because if someone's coming to you and the one thing you know they're coming to you for is money, then you, um, nothing else, they're not going to exchange anything for that. Then you're not in a real sense that you can, that's tangible to you. Although in general, it actually is. The tax money does go to help everyone. Um, so it's only right that you put it, but he's saying that's who's approaching him now. And he said to them, collect no more than what is appointed for you. So that's saying don't overtax. And not even so much don't overtax, but also he's saying what's appointed for you. So that's if it's if it's if whatever your tax system, your country has set up, your area has set up and whatever that falls to, whatever your um, your portion falls to that, even if it's nothing then that's what it is you should pay. That's what it is you should do. But also, in an ideal world, that money would that would that would be set at a place that's fair and accurate where those who have two tunics and those who have more than enough pay much more proportionately than those who don't. It would just make sense since they're receiving more benefit than those who don't. And also, they're actually a much larger burden when you consider how much of the tax burden actually goes to, and although it's called the capitalist system here, it's not. Most of the tax burden goes to keeping businesses uh, in business, corporations specifically, but other businesses also, and keeping the rich rich. That's where most of it goes. It's not to the, 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 the welfare queen as people on the right and supposedly religious holy people like to say it goes. It doesn't go there at all. It goes to the rich. That's where it goes. And when they go looking for cuts, they don't looking, look to cut it from the rich. They look to cut it from the tiniest part of the pie. Um, so that's the sort of corruption John the, ba John the Baptist is warning tax collectors about. Likewise, the soldiers all asked him, saying, and what shall we do? This would be like the police, the uh, armed forces. So he said to them, do not intimidate anyone or accuse anyone falsely and be content with your wages. So that's your message for Blue Lives Matter. Then uh, do not intimidate anyone. That, they'd fail that right there. So if you're out sh uh, shaking people down, knee to the necking people, but also standing by and watching it happen and collecting a paycheck while you're supposed to be the one paid to stop that if it's anyone doing it, but particularly if it's someone who's representing you doing it, but instead you stand there and continue to collect the paycheck, that's the same thing. 
accused or accusing falsely so you, that's very clear also and it's it's not just accusing falsely it's just also assuming falsely when you look at someone who has enough of this skin color and automatically look at them with suspicion and then find out otherwise but still have suspicion for them like the current president and the five who we thought should get the death penalty even though they were found innocent or if you're always looking the other way if they're this color enough and just giving them a pass and having that double standard it keeps alive a system that keeps everyone down it doesn't bring a true oppression to an end at all it keeps the whole corrupt toxic system alive and so what he's telling cops basically here because that's who what soldiers are or also the law enforcement is to be just it's not your you don't have the uniform on so that you can go around intimidating people or falsely accusing people or getting away with murder with people just because you had a uniform on that's not right and it how could you possibly think that those things are okay and then turn around and call yourself a christian you can do that but I, Jesus is letting you know here well not Jesus John the Baptist the precursor to Jesus is letting us know here it's not right now as the people were in expectation and all reason in their hearts about John whether he was the Christ or not so they're wondering now because of John the Baptist's message could he actually be the Messiah the Christ that they were looking forward to which they also probably were going by some sort of timeline of not only the Magi, remember when they went, they arrived at Jesus's birth with the, um, with the gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh, letting them know the time is near. And we saw it, and we're not even part of your religion. We know that a Messiah is being born, been born. So the people are know that that energy and that that power is around, and that that time has come. They just aren't sure who it is. So they're wondering now. Well, if John the Baptist is out here with this religious message. And according to the Gospels, he's going around with a special diet like honey and locusts. That's like grasshoppers and honey was what he was eating as he was out preaching. Then you could see how people would think, well, this man's crazy enough and he's out there enough and he's in the wilderness enough that maybe he is the Messiah that we're supposed to be looking for. So John answered saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, who's sandal strap i'm not worthy to lose he will baptize you with the holy spirit and fire so john the baptist is saying no i'm not the one that you're looking for he's saying he's not that messiah or the christ that even he also knew is uh prophesied of because he's um part of their same religion so he knows that there um there's a time coming and that it's probably at hand especially with all the events surrounding uh the nativity and we've read about those excuse me a second But he's telling him, no, he's not the one. But he knows that the one uh, they're looking for is coming, that he's on his way. And with the sandal strap, I'm not worthy to lose this. Like he's saying, I'm not even good enough to carry his shoes. He's that much better. And baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire. I think that hell baptized, when you think about baptism, it's being submerged or dunked in. It'd be like he's saying, this is our chance to enter into that Holy Spirit. I that's what I'm gathering from what he says. And again, it's not red letters, so take it with a grain of salt. And fire, I don't know. Um, and maybe he means by the fire, <clears throat> excuse me, he's saying the ones that are destined for that fire, like he said um, just now when he was telling them about corruption. 
his winnowing fan is in his hand so that's um and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather the wheat into his barn but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire so i'm no farmer but from what i understand about winnowing you have things like sunflower seeds you can think about them for instance if you um pop them open there's that little shell on outside of the seed apparently if you blow a fan hard enough you can shake some seeds loose from their coatings and get rid of the chaff it's called but keep the seed keep the wheat keep the grain keep whatever it is that you're going to use to eat and let the other part fall away he's saying that moment is coming now where the chaff is going to be separated from the grain the what's bad what's waste what's meant to be lost what's meant to be burned the time is coming where that separation is going to happen and and he's saying it's in Christ's hands who's near at hand and with many other exhortations he preached to the people and uh, but Herod the Tetrarch that's like the governor over the area being rebuked by him concerning Herodias his brother Philip's wife and for all the evils which Herod had done also added this above all that he shut John up in prison so Herod is the political authority governmental authority and he was offended at John's teachings um, because, <clears throat> excuse me, he did something which offends their religion. He married, he took as his own wife, his brother's wife, which is you're required to do if your brother dies. But if your brother's still alive, it's kind of a no-no. It's kind of nasty. But so, but that's what he did. And he he probably could got away with it because he was in power you know governmental power you could get away with corruption as this president has demonstrated clearly you can get away with all kinds of things if you have the right complexion and if you have the right uh position and that's what um he did because if any if it were anyone else back then um carrying on with their brothers who's living's wife he probably would have been stoned and a woman probably would have been killed too but you know of course they couldn't do that they had power and also um so um it's brother Philip's wife what am i missing there? there's something i was gonna say maybe it'll come to me so anyway that's what they had against john the baptist and not only did they have it against them they threw him in jail for um <clears throat> excuse me speaking against it when all the people were baptized it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized, and while he prayed, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him, and a voice came from heaven, which said, You are my beloved Son, and you, I'm well pleased. So here in this gospel, the voice that comes seems to be addressing Jesus directly. Um, and it's it seems here that whoever's writing this, um, you know, the narrator who's carried it, passed on the story for us it seems that everyone's able to hear it in another one of the gospels it seems more likely that um i don't know if maybe it was just that jesus heard it somehow it was uh, worded differently that made it seem like maybe everyone didn't hear it but here it says um or, or see it i meant to say see the spirit uh, descending like that um in the form of a dove um, now Jesus himself began his ministry at about 30 years of age being as was supposed and that's why I name this lesson this reading I'm call it a lesson it's a reading call it this reading as was supposed um, that means he was presumed to be or they assume that that's who he was and there's a reason they say that 
So, and they're going to go into here now a whole genealogy of Jesus. And if you notice, if you, um, if you have read the Old Testament, you know you're going to recognize some of the names and some of their backstories are quite scandalous. So we're going to begin um, with the as was supposed part. First, you'll notice um, by some teachers will twist this to, to say that it means um, um, it actually supposed to mean um, as as by law. And that's not what it means at all, meaning that they're going to try to, they try to preach that this is not Jesus' genealogy, but this is an in-law genealogy, which is nonsense. Because how would you even track that genealogy by in-laws? Who, you, it would make no sense, for one, and that's not, it doesn't make sense for one. For two, it's not what it says. And for three, we know that if it meant in-laws, all you have to do, like I said, is do a search right here and type in in-law, and it'll bring up the instance of the instances of the words in-law. And you'll see there um, again and again and again, the words in-law was used again and again and again throughout the Bible. So it's clearly not trying to say uh, that this is an in-law genealogy being given to us. It's saying as was supposed because it's saying this is who they assume Joseph um, to be because he was the one in the in the uh, position of father, head of household back then. He was in the father position, so of course people presume he's the father. He Jesus is the baby, Mary is the mother, and as was supposed. Uh, Joseph is the father and as believers we obviously we believe that it's a whole different story so anyway we're going to go into this genealogy and you're going to notice that the genealogy is different than another place in the gospels where the genealogy is mentioned and I think it goes to the the um I think it goes to the discrepancy the discrepancy can be traced back to that whole thing where we just went over with Herod taking his brother Philip's wife. That being the law that you're supposed to do that if your brother dies. And you could read about it in the Old Testament. I think that's why there's discrepancies. Because in some of these cases, and we're going to read about them, um, we're going to at least go over them. Um, some of the, in some of the cases, that's what happened. One of the people died. So if there's a child, the child doesn't take the person who's... Um, there's. Let me say it again. Okay, so there's a couple. If there's a couple and the husband dies and the woman doesn't have a child, if she doesn't have a child and the guy who died, her widow, uh, the guy, her husband, doesn't has a brother, then she, the widow, has is by law, their law, supposed to take um, one of the brothers as her um, husband um, because she's considered property. That's the bottom line. And that's why it was. So that property would pass on to the dead brother's brother so then she the property the wife and it's in the bible and it's another reason well let me finish let me just finish that thought before i get into that so um she the property becomes the brother's property then she becomes his wife um and that's that's how the law was set up so um that's what we're going to read about here and i think that that's why we're going to see discrepancies because in some cases the guy died and who was left would have the child oh that's right so then the brother would take the wife as his but if he had children with her the widow if the new husband the brother of the dead guy has children with the wife 
then um, those children don't get his name. They aren't considered his children. They're considered the dead man's children because it's um, their their law that you're supposed to raise up your dead brother's name so that your brother's name doesn't die with him so that your dead brother gets a continuation of his lineage i think that's most likely the reason why there's discrepancies in this whole um genealogy now that being said i'm just gonna read through them and the names that stand out to me from what i remember of the old testament and their story i'll try to fill in for you because like i said some of them are scandalous and those ones are the ones i'll try to remember to point out to you and i'm saying scandalous i'm saying scandalous not because i consider them scandalous but more like scandalous by societal standards modern societal standards okay so let's read um so being as was supposed the son of joseph and this is the same Joseph being, they're supposing that Jesus is his son, is what it's saying there. They're assuming Jesus is his son because he's the one there with Mary. Excuse me. The son of Heli, the son of Mathat, the son of Levi, the son of Melchi, the son of Janna, the son of Joseph, the son of Mattathiah, the son of Amos, the son of Nahum, the son of Esli. And forgive me if I'm pronouncing any of these wrong. The son of Nagay, the son of Math, the son of Mattathiah, the son of Simi, or Shimi, the son of Joseph, the son of Judah, the son of Joannes, the son of Risa, the son of Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, um, the son of Neri, the son of Melchi, the son of Adi. And so of these names so far, Zerubbabel, I just remember that name because... Uh, this is around the time when they're still in captivity in the Old Testament. When they're there, the people were carried away um, to another country because their land was defeated. And the son um, conquered, I should say, by another uh, warring kingdom. The son of Melchi, the son of Adi, the son of Kosam, the son of Elmodam, the son of Ur, the son of Jose, the son of Eleazar. The son of Joram, the son of Mathat, the son of Levi, the son of Simeon, the son of Judah, the son of Joseph, the son of jo Jonan, the son of Eliakim, the son of Malia. Malia, just like Obama's daughter. The son of Minan, the son of Mattatha, the son of Nathan, the son of David. So these are some names that are probably familiar to you. Nathan and David. David be, would be the King David, the one who's credited with the book of Psalms and um, all that, and David and Goliath, that David. The son of Jesse, the son of Obed, and before I don't read over that, that same David, the David and the Goliath David, that's probably one of the first scandalous names to come up because he, um, David and Goliath was the story he's like most known for, the little common kid beating the giant. Um, but he's also known for um, his um, for being adulterous. He uh, he had a he found a woman who was married and had his way with her. Didn't say he um, you know took advantage of her, but she was married to someone else, and um, they got together and had sex. And she uh, got pregnant from that, and he had the husband because the husband wasn't there at the time killed the husband was actually a soldier and you can read about it in the old testament so that's also something he did so that's also that's probably like the first and one of the most scandalous members of the holy family lineage the holy family tree the murderer the adulterer 
David, uh, the king. Um, the son of Jesse, the son of Obed, the son of Boaz, the son of Salmon, the son of Nashon, the son, the son of Amminadab, the son of Ram, the son of Hezron, the son of Perez, the son of Judah, the son of Jacob, the son of Isaac, the son of Abraham. So, um, Abraham, you know, that's Abraham, the Old Testament patriarch. Uh, the son of Terah, the son of Nahor, the son of Sarug, the son of Reu, uh, the son of Peleg, the son of Eber, the son of Shelah, the son of Canaan, the son of Arphaxad, the son of Shem, the son of Noah. The Shem is the same word where the whole anti-Semitic, when you're hateful toward Jewish people, ignorant, but when you're like that, the whole anti-Semitic, Semitic comes from Sem, which comes from Shem, which is the same Shem, and it's the lineage that they is believed to be uh, uh, Noah from Noah's Ark, that story in the Bible, that that's that same Shem that that um, lineage comes from. The son of Lamech, the son of Mahalil, Mahalel, Mahalalel, sorry. Uh, the son of Canaan, the son of Enosh, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. Um, well, and that's actually in this reading. There were actually more, and this lets you know, there's two different um, genealogies listed, at least two different genealogies listed in the um, Gospels. Because um, this one, the only one that jumped out at me was uh, uh, David the like i said told you about him but there are also some interesting women mentioned in jesus's family tree also but they're not listed here because there's a different uh, genealogy listed uh for jesus in the gospels but that ends this reading here i appreciate you checking it out with me and i hope you'll join me again it's wednesday so in a moment i'll pick up again and we'll um do the book of john chapter three um but I'll end it here for indexing sake. And um, we have Saturday night where we're on the gospel there of Nicodemus, the one I mentioned earlier, didn't make it into the Bible. And then there's Monday where we go over the books of Matthew and Mark, those gospels, Matt and Mark Monday. So in the meantime, wear your mask, wash your hands, love your neighbor, and stay safe. And whether the old president is still president or whether we got are blessed with a new one, Either way, don't be surprised. George Bush got voted in again by the American people after there were no weapons of mass destruction, after countless people had already died. And actually, aren't we still there now, like 20 years later? So don't be surprised. Just be safe. Take care. Thanks again. God bless you. Peace.